Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Psalm chapter 73. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment, Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awaketh so o lord when thou awakest thou shalt despise their image thus my heart was grieved and i was pricked in my reins so foolish was i and ignorant i was as a beast before thee nevertheless i am continually with thee thou hast holden me by my right hand, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my life, of my heart, and my portion forever." 
For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. Friends, that was Psalm 73, and it reminds me in general with Psalm 37. Pretty simple to memorize, just change the order of the numbers. Chapter 73, chapter 37 wanted to encourage you, as you could see as we read this psalm, there was a pivotal point, and I tried to make emphasis there. And it began in verse 17. Notice, as we have all done, I'm sure, as we look around us and see people that seem to have no worries, they're rich and they're just full of the fatness of everything, all of the lush wealth of mankind, you know, in various ways, cars, things they drive, they're beautiful people, or whatever it is that we looked at and saw and envied for a time. And then yet when we go into the sanctuary of God, verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary, the psalmist said it was too painful for him. It, it hurt him to see this while he was suffering until he went into the sanctuary of God. Then notice verse 17, understood I their end. In other words, then I saw from position of eternal retrospect, as I call it, where you see what's going to happen in the future as God alone can show you by his spirit and through his word. And then you see everything in this life from a different perspective. And I believe that Psalm 37 and 73 definitely are essential in these last days, friends, to go back to on a regular basis and pour over them prayerfully and recalibrate your perspective, if you will. The Bible says, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. So it really matters where a person's eternal destiny is going to be, which the Bible clearly tells us. In fact, some of the most poor, despised people on the earth that are Christians are going to be in eternal bliss and glory while so many, if not most, the vast majority, if not nearly all those who are lavishly rich in this world are going to go to eternal perdition. You know, the way we know these things is by the words of God that breathe these images of truth into our hearts and mind. What a blessing that we have the word of God. In fact, Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9 and 10 tell us that God who dwells in eternity, not in time, he knows and is in past, present, and future. He says this, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, 
and I will do all my pleasure. Notice God has declared the end from the beginning. For example, that's why we have the book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ and the unfolding of his coming kingdom and all that is associated with it. So he foretold us in his word what it's going to be like eternally. It's going to be eternal bliss for the righteous and eternal blistering for the wicked in the blistering flames of eternal damnation. Let me read Revelation 21 to us as we close here, friends. What a fantastic, blessed, magnificent chapter, second of last chapter in the Bible, Revelation 21. Speaking of futuristic retrospect. Check this out. And I saw Revelation 21, speaking of the new heaven and the new earth, which is to come. It hasn't yet, but it is coming. And all who are his are going to be there with him. And he is going to dwell with us. Listen to these words, Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come, tither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God in her light, was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. 
and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, and on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof an hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass, and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth chrysoprasus, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth an amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That was Revelation 21. And remember, friends, when we read the book of Revelation, which I highly recommend you do on a repeatedly, especially in this last hour before our Lord's return, you'll notice the very first verse is the revelation of, what do you think comes next? Many of you already know, the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, but the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to see the destruction of the evil powers and people throughout Revelation, no doubt, and the persecution and martyrdom of the righteous. But we just read Revelation 21, where it culminates, God wins, he's never lost, and it's impossible for God to lose, to lie or to lose, and we're going to be with him in the new Jerusalem, and the wicked are going to be vanquished into eternal damnation, into hell, which is going to be cast into the lake of fire, which is actually the preceding words, the last verses in Revelation chapter 20, and then we picked up in 21, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire 
futuristic retrospect. We should live our lives with an eternal perspective, beloved. Jesus said, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Luke chapter 16, verse 15, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. You may look around you like the psalmist did and see people with more than you have in this world, but they don't have anything more than you. You've got more than them because you have him who owns everything. You have the Lord and who says, thou shalt not covet, but we're to be content in that we have everything because we have him. Covetousness is a sin. Notice Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation, that is your way of life and your thinking, be without covetousness. Remember the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. You only covet because you're not grateful. And if you're not grateful, you're not content. Everyone listening to me, including myself, is either covetous or you're content. And the only way to be content is to adore and worship and obey Christ to have Christ. When you have Christ, you have everything, and therefore you need not covet anything. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness. Might it be a good thing today to repent of all covetousness, the sin of covetousness, and thank God verbally out of your lips and from your heart for everything that you already have, not only in this world, but that you have him and that you're going to be with him when the wicked, sadly, will choose to be vanquished into the lake of fire. Remember, we look not at those things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 2 Corinthians 4.18 So let your conversation be without covetousness and be content, there's the other C word, with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Beloved, we have the treasure of Christ, who is the Ancient of Days, the Almighty, the first and the last, the beginning and the ending, who was and who is and who is to come. The Almighty Revelation tells us, chapter 1, verse 5, And though we may suffer trial at this time, yet we rejoice in Christ. Let me finish with 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. Notice the Apostle Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this, speaking of being kept in these last days. I'll tell you what, 1 Peter and 1 and 2 Thessalonians, let me say this, 1 and 2 Thessalonians and 1 and 2 Peter have never been more relevant than they are right now. And anybody who knows the content of those books can definitely relate. Let me say it again, because earlier we spoke about Psalm 37 and 73. Then we spoke about the relevance of of Revelation, the book of Revelation. Now I'm going to throw this in there and I want to give you food to run with. First and second Thessalonians in the New Testament canon and also first and second Peter have never been more relevant than they are now. Notice I'm going to start in verse three. 
Verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible. See, your inheritance with God in New Jerusalem and heaven is incorruptible. Remember, Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. That's Matthew six nineteen through 21. Where is your treasure, beloved? Is it in this fleeting world leading to damnation, or is it in the coming kingdom of Christ unto everlasting glory? Only you can decide. And everything in the kingdom of Christ begins with fresh and true genuine, authentic repentance. And then he's going to refresh you when you truly repent. And that would be Acts three nineteen through 21. Verse 4, First Peter 1, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. Nobody can take what you have in eternal glory, but you got to endure to the end to appropriate it. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Let me make a note here. A lot of people that believe this eternal security, diabolical heresy will say, look, we're kept by the power of God. But you know, God always included man's condition, the condition he puts on men. And that would be through faith. It's not God's faith. That's your faith. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. That's your part unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations or trials, that the trial, verse 7, 1 Peter 1, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom hath Having not seen ye love, in whom now, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. God bless you, friends. Thank you for listening, and thank you for praying for the fruitfulness of this outreach to reach as many saints and sinners with the word of God as possible in this late hour. God bless you, friends. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and christ 
centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.